Good morning. Today's reading is taken from Psalm 119, reading from verses 1 to 16, and it's on page 512 of the Church Bibles. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Well, good morning. It is lovely to see you here this morning, whether you are visiting or you're here uh, regularly. My name is Rohan. I'm a ministry apprentice here at church, and it is my joy to take us through Psalm 119 this morning together. Can I ask you to do two things? Can you firstly keep your Bibles open? Um, keep them open at Psalm 119, as Nick read it for us. Um, just so you can check what I'm saying is true, and that I'm not making it up. And you might also find on the service sheet on the back of it, there is an outline. Um, if you find that helpful to know where we're going, um, please do keep that. I have a question for you this morning. What do you think the blessed life is? Is the blessed life the life that is filled with positive experiences, the life that looks good on social media, of holidays by the beach, sipping a cocktail in the sunshine? Or maybe the blessed life is the one in which you have the job that you love, the job that's never too stressful or too busy, the job that pays the bills and a little bit more so you can have some fun. Or maybe the blessed life is the one that is surrounded by the right friends and family or spouse, of friendships and relationships that are full of laughter. Now, don't hear me wrong, those are good things, but are they actually what we think will make our lives blessed? I wonder if more seriously and more subtly, we think that the blessed life is a life we get to live on our own terms. It's a life in which I decide the way that I live. I choose my identity, I choose who I am, and I choose to follow my desires. Maybe we think the blessed life is the one in which we do what we want and no one gets in our way. Truth is, I know that I am tempted to think that life is going well, that life is blessed when Rohan gets to do what Rohan wants when Rohan wants to do it, how Rohan wants to do it. 
And so the blessed life looks an awful lot like the kingdom of Rohan. Psalm 119 has both challenged and encouraged me, and I hope it will challenge and encourage you this morning too. The blessed life, the blessed person, well, that's the person who keeps and delights in God's words. So the person, late at night, reading their Bible in bed, frazzled from a day working, from struggling to put their kids to sleep. The Christian who is struggling with sin, but who is faithfully trying to follow God. The believer who stands up for God in a hostile workplace. The person who drags themselves to church on a Sunday morning, tired, weary, and with lots on their minds. Now, on the face of it, none of these people might seem like the blessed person, and yet this Sam has to tell us that they are, that if you believe in Jesus, that you are this morning. The blessed person is the one who, despite many circumstances, despite suffering, delights in God's words. It can be tempting for me to think that the further I walk away from God, well, then the better life will get. The quicker I get away from God and church, well, then the better things will be. And that is just the opposite of what this psalm has to tell us this morning. It is the closer that we walk to God, the more we delight in him and his words, well, then we are blessed. This psalm will show us what the blessed life really is, why we need it, and how to get it. But first, before we jump into the passage, let us pray for our time together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a speaking God. I thank you for your words, and I pray that your spirit would be at work through your words. Help me to speak, and help us to listen to what you have to say to us. Soften our hearts, open our ears that we might hear you clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't know how familiar you are with Psalm 119. But the likelihood is, if you know Psalm 119 for any reason, it's probably because of its length. It is the longest psalm in the songbook, and it is the longest chapter in the Bible. But actually, the most remarkable thing about this song is that it is an acrostic poem. Every line in the section starts with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and the sections move through the Hebrew alphabet, and they have one big topic, God's word. And so it is an A to Z of God's word. I we're doing the first two sections, Aleph and Bet of the Hebrew Bible, of the Hebrew alphabet, sorry. And I want us to see three things. What is the blessed life? Why do I need the blessed life? And thirdly, how do I get the blessed life? So, first one to four. What is the blessed life? Well, the answer in this section is that the blessed life is found in God. But notice that blessing is not just found in God, but it's found in obedience to God's words. Come with me and notice the language of way, of walking in the law, verse 1, or of seeking, verse 2, and walking in his ways, verse 3. You see, the, the blessed life is more than something we're just given, but it is something we strive to. Life as a Christian is described as a walk, as a way. 
The book of Hebrews, which we were looking at only last semester here at church, well, it calls it a race. Being a Christian isn't a prayer you pray once, but a decision to follow God, to live as he commands, striving to follow him. Why is this life of obedience to God's words blessed? In what sense is the life of a Christian blessed? Well, when we speak of blessing, we mean the best life in the context of a world of suffering. The life that is contented, that is fulfilled and joyful. To be clear, the blessed blessed life doesn't mean a life free from trouble. And we know that because the one who walked in the law of the Lord, who did no wrong, had a life of suffering. Jesus, he was mocked, he was hated, and eventually he was killed. And yet, the life in which we obey God's laws is the best life in a broken world. The best life because our joy is in God. We live as our creator meant. We live fulfilled lives and we live contented lives, remembering that this world is not all that there is. Earthly blessings and joys, well, they're temporary. They can disappear just as quickly as they came. And yet in God, we have a life that is the best life even in a broken, hurting world. The best life because we can be known and loved by God. We can live lives pleasing to him. It doesn't always look easy. It doesn't mean there won't be any suffering. But the blessed life is a one in which we obey God's laws. I'm going to be honest with you, the first time that I read this, as I was reading this passage, it sat a little bit uncomfortable to me. Obedience to God's laws, as in rule-keeping, that's blessing. The songwriter kind of sounds like that kid in class, probably sitting in the front row, who loves sucking up to the teacher and who is a stickler for the rules. However, we're not talking just about rules here. The law of God is shorthand for his word, his promises for scripture. I think we see that really clearly in verse 9. The songwriter uses word in place of law or statutes or commandments. God's words include all that God has to say to us. And so to be clear, that does include his rules, but it's not limited to them. So when the songwriter says that the blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord, we're not to imagine a goody-goody two-shoes saddling up to the teacher, telling them how much they love the classroom rules. Instead, we're to, instead of rules, we're to think of all God's words to us, his covenant, his promises, his forgiveness, as well as his instructions to us. God's words are words of grace. It is in these words that create and sustain a relationship. And that is why in the song, the writer delights in them. Obedience to God's words is in response to God's grace speaking to us. The blessed life is the one in which we respond in obedience to God's words, his covenants, his promises, his forgiveness, and his instructions. I wonder if you read verse 1 to 4 and thought, well, that could never be me. Blameless, that's not me, do no wrong. Definitely not. Keep demandments diligently. Well, maybe I keep them sometimes, but definitely not diligently. That doesn't sound like me. 
And so we're left with a question. Well, what if verses 1 to 4 isn't us? That is a question that the next section will answer and we'll get to. But for now, just reflect on what the blessed life is. At the very start, I asked us what we thought the blessed life was. And the answer in verse 1 to 4, I think, is really countercultural. And if we're being honest, is counterintuitive sometimes. Living lives that walk in the way of the Lord, obedience to his ways, well, that leads to blessing. It is this life that is truly blessed because we can be known and loved by God. The blessed life of obedience to God's word doesn't mean that everything will be easy. And so if you're a Christian here this morning, I want to encourage you to keep going in obedience. It might not feel like the blessed life as you are tired, as you suffer for prioritizing following Jesus, as you stick it out, and yet you are truly blessed. It is that quiet, obedient life, what is that life that God calls the blessed one? Blessing is not found outside God, but in him. If you're looking into Christian things this morning, well, I want to challenge you on what you think the happy, blessed life is. Because you see, I don't think we're that different. We're all looking for the best life. We're all looking for happiness and joy. Christians aren't those who are joyless. Instead, we are those who know and experience blessing. Blessing in following God. That is where true blessing lies. Not living a life my way all the time, but knowing God and walking in his way. Blessing is not found outside God, but in him. The blessed life, the one that is empowered by Jesus and his spirit in us, is the one that lives a life in obedience to God's gracious words. That is where true blessing is found. That takes us on to our second point in verse 5 to 8. Why do I need the blessed life? Well, I think verse 5 to 8 mark a shift. We've seen what the blessed life is, and now we move on and see the songwriter's response to this. And I want us to see two small things. Firstly, we need God's help to obey. Notice verse 5. Well, it's a prayer. The songwriter longs for his life to look like the blessed life of verse 1 to 4. He wants to walk in the way of the Lord and experience this blessed life. And so he prays. He prays for God's help to walk in obedience to God's instructions. He needs God's help to obey God. And we need God's help to obey God. We don't naturally obey God's words. And even when we do try, well, we find it difficult. And so without God's help, we would wander our own way. I think verse 7 highlights this. God's, God's decrees need to be learned. We don't intuitively know what is good or right. Even though we are creatures living in a world, well, we don't know the best way to live in God's creation. Like Jay said last week, God's commands are like going away on holiday and arriving at the Airbnb. 
And when you get there and you see the instructions and the house rules, you don't sigh, but you're thankful for them. I need to know what the Wi-Fi password is. I need to know how to work the oven so I can cook my dinner. I need to turn the heating on when it gets cold. And so the psalmist longs for God's help because God's instructions are good. He needs God's help to learn them and obey them. We need God's help is my first point. My second is this. While the stakes are high for obedience to God's word. The songwriter recognizes he needs God's help to obey and learn God's rules because if not, he will be put to shame, verse 6. If the life in verse 1 to 4 that led to blessing was sticking to God's words, well, the life that walks our own way, it leads to shame, verse 6. Shame and blessing, they're contrasted. I think there's something more serious than just shame going on here. Come with me to verse 8. Let me reread it. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. I think verse 8 is quite surprising. It seems like the songwriter is not going to be able to keep God's laws. It seems like he's going to fail. So we have an imperfect psalmist. If you could, could you flip a couple pages forward and come to the end of the psalm? Verse 176. Verse 176, the psalmist says this, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. The songwriter admits that he's gone astray, that even though the blessed life is the one that's lived in obedience to God's gracious words, that even though this is the life that God's commanded, he's failed. There is an admission that he's a sinner, but he longs to obey God. God's presence is connected to God's instructions in these verses. And I think it is a clear and a sobering reminder. If we walk our own way, we will be abandoned by God. To be abandoned by the God of life, well, that means one thing, death. If we reject God, well, we will be rejected. We need the blessed life because the alternative is abandonment by God. Now, at this point, you might really be thinking, well, I really haven't kept all of God's laws. And you might be panicking. You might be looking at the gap between the blessed life and your own life. And you might be scared. There is good news. Jesus was the truly blessed man who was blameless who walked in the way of the Lord, who kept his testimonies, who did no wrong, who kept his commandments. He walked the blameless path. He died on the cross, taking the punishment of our disobedience, and he rose again to new life. By his spirit, we can sing this psalm as sinners saved by grace. As we try to follow God and the way of his word, we are truly blessed even though we stumble into sin and fail to walk in his commands. So we're not talking about here failing to keep a rule and being rejected. 
Actually, we're talking about wholesale rejection of God, of refusing to accept Jesus as our Savior, who through him we are presented blameless. So, the songwriter sees the blessed life, verse 1 to 4. He longs for it in verse 5 to 8, recognizing that one, he needs God's help to obey and to learn God's instructions, and two, that the stakes are really high. This section reminds us, whether we would call ourselves Christians or not, that we cannot be part of God's blessed people without the prayer that he first gives us the desire and the strength to follow his word. Without that prayer, without God's help, our attempts to walk in the way of obedience to God's, well, they won't work. We can't dig deep within the reserves of ourselves to obey God's. We must rely on God's strength to live lives pleasing to him. What a great prayer to be praying this summer. Do I long to grow in obedience to God? Well, this psalm tells us that the only way to get the blessed life is to first pray that the Lord would make our ways steadfast in keeping his word. I want to be honest with you here too, though. If you're not a Christian this morning, there is a really stark warning. Life without God, without following him, it might look blessed, but there's a clear warning that it actually leads to shame and death. True blessing is found in God's words. We need the blessed life. We need God's help because the stakes are high. That takes us to our final point in verse 9 to 16. Well, how do I get the blessed life? We've seen the blessed life in verse 1 to 4, and now we've seen the longing for the blessed life in verse 5 to 8. And now we're left wondering, well, how do we get it? How do I get the blessed life? And I think that is exactly how this next section begins. Come with me to verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? I think the young man is likely a reference to the songwriter himself. It's as if he's saying, how can this young man keep his life pure? I think that's important because regardless of our life stage, I'm sure that you'd agree with me that actually we are in great need of keeping our way pure. Following Jesus as you get older doesn't necessarily mean it gets easier. In fact, it can get harder as you make more costly decisions. No matter our age, our gender, or our background, there are real temptations to stop following God. So how can we keep our way pure? How can we experience the blessed life? How does God help us? Well, the second half of verse 9 gives us our answer. By guarding it according to God's word. The rest of the section explains this idea. And so firstly, we see God's word stored in our hearts, verse 10 to 12. Did you see the language of heart that appears in verse 10 and 11? But not only that, we have guarding and seeking and storing up language. We today tend to think of the heart as the seat of our emotions, but actually in the Bible, the heart is the seat for the entirety of human nature. So it includes our emotions, but it also includes our thoughts and our will. Everything in the Bible pours out of the heart of humans. And so when the psalmist 
stores up God's word in his heart. Well, he does that because it will shape his decision-making, his thinking, his emotions, his whole life. He doesn't let it stop at head knowledge. He lets it impact his whole being. God's word, sunk deep into our heart by God's help, is how we experience the blessed life. We see that to sink God's word into our hearts, we must include the rest of our bodies in verse 13 and 16. This section is full of body language. We see lips and affections, thoughts, eyes, and memory that focuses on God's word. In verse 13, another word for declare is to recount. And so the songwriter recounts God's words to himself with his lips. They are always on the tip of his tongue. He meditates on them in verse 15. That is, they become the focus of his thoughts. And not only do they become the focus of his thoughts, but also his eyes as he reads and rereads God's word. God's word is the delight of his heart in verse 13 and 16. It is his joy. So how do we sink God's word deep into our hearts? How do we guard our way? How does God keep our way steadfast? How do we experience the blessed life? Well, the songwriter tells us that only by letting God's words be the focus of our whole lives. By reading and rereading, by mulling over and recounting them, recalling them to mind will we guard our way and experience the blessed life. So, Will we guard our lives with God's word this summer? For many, it is a time of change, of coming and going, of different routine. It can be a time of great blessing. But dear friends, don't forget there is no greater blessing than to spend time in God's word. There is no greater blessing to store up in our hearts, to speak it out on our lips and to let it dwell on our thoughts. And so don't just let God's word dwell in your hearts, in your head, sorry. Let it sink in and dwell and shape your emotions, your choices, your desires, your whole lives. How can we let God's words sink into our hearts this summer, this year, our our whole lives? Well, why not take time to memorize a verse? Find a verse that is particularly relevant a Bible truth to meditate on and let it shape you. So, for example, if you're, if you're battling sin, why not memorize Galatians 2 verse 20? I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Or if, like me, you can be a bit of an overthinker or maybe you're struggling with anxiety or worry, Why not try to memorize and pray and live out Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We're looking at Proverbs this summer at Chalmers, so why not just choose one and take time to meditate on it? Speak it out loud to yourself, recounting it. Why not fix your eyes like the songwriter does 
and spend time in God's words, like reading through Genesis before we start our series in it later. I'm sure lots of us will have travel coming up, so why not tune your ears to listen to a sermon as you're traveling? Or take time to read a Christian book with a friend and chat about it together. Get God's word into your heart and let it shape you. You might not be feeling especially blessed as a Christian right now for a whole host of reasons. And yet in Jesus, we are blessed. As we walk in the way of the words of the Lord, we are blessed. Following Jesus with its ups and downs, with its cost, with the hostility, well, it is worth it. And so as I wrap up, I want to encourage you, whoever you are, whether you call yourself a Christian or not, to seek God in his words, to delight in his good instructions to us. That is the blessed life. If you're exploring Christianity here, I want to encourage you. Do you want to meet God? Do you want to know what God is like? Well, this psalm makes it clear. The place we meet God is in his words. So why not read a gospel with a friend, an eyewitness account of Jesus, and see what you make of God's words. Jesus, the perfect law keeper, took the punishment we deserve in order that we might be made right with God. And so there will come a day when we will not be put to shame, verse 6, nor will we be forsaken by God, verse 8, because Jesus has fulfilled God's words. Verse 1 and 2, they're fulfilled in Christ, and because of his spirit now in us, well, we can have this blessed life. So delight in God's words. There is no greater blessing than to spend time in God's words, to store it up in our hearts, to speak it with our lips to let it dwell in our thoughts. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that blessing is found in obedience to your words. We thank you for Jesus, your son, who kept your words. He kept it perfectly, and that now means by your spirit, we can obey you. And Lord, we pray for your help. We pray that you forgive us for the times we haven't always followed your words. And we pray that you would fill us with a delight for your instructions and we would let them sink into our hearts, shaping our whole lives. In Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.